0: You got here before me, Catherine. It's fine was yeah. I'm going to go No petrol. Has in Rehini Village. Hi, Catherine. Yes, I am. Um, we were doing Gail Torreira in Ireland house, so we just rushed straight from there over here. We, had to, we couldn't really go very fast because of the way the petrol situation is. You know, I was trying to keep down to 30, but we managed it anyway. We're here.
1: Fashion models arriving for an evening show at the Country Club Hotel Port Marnock. Francesca, a part-time model, has come straight from the office.
2: Well, usually I say when we're going to a show that's so far out from the city as this show is, um, I go straight from work to the show. And um, it's not that hectic, it's just a case of trying to pass time between half five and uh, half seven, basically. Do you worry at all about eating? Um, I do. <laughs> I love my dinner in the evening. And uh, it usually means that I have to miss out on it. But I try to make up for di- for this by um, having a fairly good lunch in the middle of the day. And I grab any sandwiches that may be going in the
1: evening. There are seven models taking part in this show, some of them part-timers, including one male. Among them is one of Ireland's best-known fashion models, Geraldine Brand.
0: Well, um, I've been modelling nearly five years now, and I'd say took about three to when I felt that I was getting places. And um, before that, I'm, I, got, I was pretty lucky when I started modelling. I seemed to get the work, but it took a long time to branch, in, branch into the couturier. But um, now I'm doing most of the shows for those, and um, it's more interesting because I'm not just doing photography and an odd little show here. I, I'm pretty well booked up you know, as the season starts.
1: Another well-known name in the fashion world is Catherine Ryan.
0: Uh, Well, I'm a full-time student, so I just
3: do part-time modelling. I work a couple of nights a week and do a few photographic sessions from time to time as well, television commercials and that sort of thing. So uh, it occupies quite a lot of my time. Do you find that... Do you do it for the money, or why do you do it? Uh, Well, I do it for the money and because I enjoy it. It's financed my whole college education right from the beginning. And it's kept me very independent. And I also enjoy the work quite a bit. It's given me a lot of opportunities to meet people and to travel. And it's been very, very interesting, really. What are you studying? Um, I'm doing French and English arts in UCD. And I'll be graduating in September. Well, do you think you'll continue on modelling,
1: make it your full-time career?
3: Um, I don't think so, no. I'm thinking of going into something else, but I'll always keep my interest up in it. And I'd probably, I would like to do some fashion journalism and comparing, that sort of thing. And uh, probably for the next few years, I'll continue doing fashion shows. But um, I intend taking up a a career once I leave college.
1: Another well-known name is Sheila Cunningham.
3: Well, I've been modelling for two and a half years now, and hopefully... I'm on the way up. Um, I enjoy the work and... Uh,
1: what is it about it that you enjoy?
3: Well, I, I suppose I like the insecurity of whole thing. strangely enough. I, I wouldn't like a nine-to-five job. I like every day to be different. Some days you wouldn't work at all, other days you're working like
0: a black. And, um, Really, I think that's what I enjoy about it. You know,
1: I find it stimulating. It's not mentally stimulating, but um, I don't particularly need that. This show is scheduled for 8 o'clock, but because some of the girls have been modelling earlier in the afternoon, there's much more last-minute rush than usual. One of the most important people backstage is the dresser.
3: My function is to try and get the models back out onto the ramp as quickly as possible, fully buttoned and zipped, etc., And um, looking as if it was nice and easy, you know? But um, it's not always very easy. It's quite hectic if you have to handle more than one dresser or one model. Well, if you've got about 20 buttons with 20 loops and you start uh, looping the wrong button, you're in trouble when you get to the last one and you've got to undo it. And um, there's always a rush, you know? And people are hot and bothered, you know, by the time they get back out again. But it doesn't often happen if you keep keep calm, you know.
1: Besides the more obvious preparations for a fashion show, things like makeup and hairstyling, there's what is perhaps the most important aspect of all in showing clothes, the matching up of accessories.
3: Well, I'll take out my shoes first of all and line them up. I've a pair of shoes in each colour which say brown, white, navy black. Um I'll have a look at the garments before I go on and take out scarves and jewellery, lay them out here and have a look and see what will go with what and from there on it's just a case of when I come in to change I just grab whatever I think will suit the garment and put it on and go out but um, I think as you go along as you gain experience you know what colours will go with what you know what jewellery will go with what so you, you, you gain speed as time goes along and you, you become very very quick at changing and accessorising things. We always have to have plenty of accessories along with us for this type of thing, a trouser suit or a coat or whatever, plenty of scarves, sometimes little blouses yeah, yeah. that we can wear under them just in case the shop doesn't supply them themselves. You actually collect the things as you go along. After two or three years modelling, you find you've quite a good selection of stuff to put with the clothes. That's fine, actually, all That's It's great. There.
1: Yeah, have yeah. That. You're, you're, you're happy with that now sorry you're happy with that trouser um, suit it's a little bit big I wouldn't
3: actually buy it myself yeah. for ordinary wear but on a fashion show you can sometimes get away with clothes that are too small or too big because you're actually on a ramp and you'll be above the level of the people so they won't see too much detail they'll get a good overall impression of what the garment is like and um you know, they won't be able to actually see whether it's that much too big or that much too small, unless it's very obviously so. You're not on first. I don't know we who's don't know on. what the running order is yet. Um, it can dip- differ from one night to the next. I think I'm probably first tonight. Francesca's usually after me, aren't you? And um, Amy then in the
0: middle, and then the male model comes somewhere just after Amy. So, now we're getting, we have to get all our shoes out, because you know, we use our own accessories on, on the show's... Mm. We borrow
3: from each other as well. If
0: somebody needs something that they haven't got normally, one Except of the other is girls would have them. I'm size H, you and I'm only size five.
3: <laughs> I'm only size six and a half. Do you mind?
0: <laughs> well, listen. has anybody a spare pair of tights? There are tights. Oh, uh,
4: are tights are, tights uh, that's fantastic. Yeah,
0: of, where's my Where is <clears> my <throat> suitcase? Not, Everyone
1: ready? not <laughs> quite. Enjoyed my, my husband here. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Has the hairdresser
3: come yet, Susie? Oh, no, not in the internet. Now, will you come yeah. in the order,
5: please? Yeah. Jonesy? Yeah. Sheila,
6: Excuse me, we're on.
3: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm Sheila. After I'm, um, Sheila. She, I'm, I'm after
0: Sheila. It's dying to get started. <laughs> but we're all um, sort of topped up. If you like, you know, all excited. Yeah, I, you, you do. Event.
3: You do build up a certain amount of tension, and yeah, after yeah. a show, then you, you s- you're still that way. But after ten minutes or so, you begin sure, to relax yeah. gradually. You know, oh, yeah. you have to get up an atmosphere, a feeling. It's of of, really, like, water ju- water. you just speed yourself up for the changes than actual nervousness. You know.
7: <laughs> <laughs> is there is there a camera on this? Uh, is
1: and so the show gets underway. Outside, it's all shimmer and glitter and hushed anticipation. But behind the scenes, it's a little bit more hectic.
3: Every time you rush, everything seems to go wrong. The more you try and hurry, the, the more thumbs you seem to have. But when we're finished, when they're finished with them, we have to keep them together. So to the, they're checked at the end. There's no marks or stains or anything. And they keep keep them together, so none of the wrong stuff goes back to the wrong firms.
0: <laughs> um, I lifted up the scarf to show the top of the coat, and my bra was showing. <laughs> a treat. At least they probably didn't notice because so I threw it down again. <laughs> this is great. Right, I have the same shoes on.
6: For the last three outfits.
5: a <laughs> minute. Could, could I have my hair brushed?
6: And Geraldine is here to show our first dress from the Wallace shop in stone-coloured jersey. Of the dresses this season. It's dialed to a flowing tent line, but you can control the fullness by cinching it at the waistline with a soft tie belt of the fabric. Just
3: tuck it, tuck it into
4: your teeth,
3: your lips.
4: I list it, it, comes off. No, not you tuck it in your no, no, There right goes there. my hair, anyway. Stop again for this dress. Is it um, over? Yeah.
3: Oh, damn it. Which goes to the front? Hold on, is it the colour to the front? <laughs> right?
6: It's a wraparound dress for Catherine. In mint
8: green cotton this time. You make a tableau this time, right. you stay on. All stay on. Is this at the, the end, the end yeah. of this collection? No, it's
1: right. the
4: end of this collection. Come on, trip. Stagecoach, you're
6: coming back. Deirdre's classic tailored coat here in a pure wool with a slip pleat at the back and subtle seaming on the shoulder line.
0: Orange or Coke
6: or
1: something now because we're all dehydrated. Do you feel very rushed and fast now after all of that? Yes.
0: Yes, I do. I just want to sit down and have a cigarette and a Coke, if I can.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: have about a, a Bicardi in it? No, I Not couldn't. Just a Coke, so I can drink it down in one go.
6: Thank you very much, model girls.
1: Stevens Green at 5.30 on a dark, drizzly evening. This time, instead of walking the ramp, the models face photographer Ricky
9: Stevens. OK, here we go, now Sue, looking at me, that's it, come on, and again, come on, smile, that's it, right. look happy, that's it, great, come on, keep it going, <laughs>
10: that's grand, yeah,
9: and again, great, that's an infectious laugh, great, <laughs> keep it going, here we go again, OK, that's it, now relax, hold it a second now, we want, no, we want to shoot some more, just hold
1: One of those taking part in the photographic session was part-time model Jack Clark.
7: I find it hard work. Uh, by times like this morning, I was, had to be about half past five. I had uh, I had a call at quarter to seven. I had to, uh, I had to be at uh, place at quarter to seven for a uh, uh, photographic uh, shots. That went on until twelve o'clock. Uh, a lot, a lot of the time on photographic walk, you're standing around, and believe it or not, it can be very tiring. Just maybe sitting all dressed up and. Nowhere to go, <laughs> and uh, you've just to wait till all the cameras and the lights and the whole set is ready, and then you may only be one or two hours on the set itself. But um, some of them can be really tiring. One I had was I had a girl sitting on my knee for six hours. <laughs> so uh, it might sound pleasant, but it's not all that pleasant after six hours.
9: Now, Jack, you're dead. Come on. Now, here we go. Okay. I like you that way. Now, right, here we go. Now, look like at And again, please. Right, once more. Great. Yes, wow. great. And again. Open your lips. Open your mouth. Come on. Uh, oh, right. That's right. Lovely. Yes, great. Yeah, grand. And once more. That's good. Yes, lovely. Photographic
1: work and showing clothes on the ramp undoubtedly take up a good part of a model's working life. It's a profession that's tough and exacting, and to judge from the comments of the people concerned not at all as glamorous as the image popularly projected. As a career it's a relatively modern phenomenon. Mary Finan.
8: As far back as I can remember say back to the 30s um, you I think that was when the modelling game became really something big and At that time it was very interesting because it seemed to attract, you know, the daughters of of titled ladies and it was rather a snob thing to do. And uh, then uh, after that, that was for about, you know, up to the forties, and then after that uh, you went through the very sophisticated look, the Dior look and uh, into the 50s and uh, then models were almost anonymous, you know, they just became coat hangers and they all looked the same and uh, it was a very, very sophisticated, very uh, made up look and uh, bright red lips, dark eyes, hair, you know, completely, you know, strained into some kind of exotic style Uh, and that I think was one of the most uninteresting phases of fashion and modelling. But then came the 50s and a complete reaction when the shrimp, Jean Shrimpton came on the scene. And she, I think, really changed the whole face of modelling because then the model as a personality became almost a cult. And she, in her own right, was uh, as famous as an international film star. And the same thing happened about the same time in the States when you had uh, Lauren Hutton and uh, people like Marissa Berenson coming on the scene. And that last event, Twiggy, came after that, and that lasted uh, right into the 60s. She had a very long run for a top model, and in fact, you'll still see her about once a year in Vogue, and I believe she gets some exotic sum, like £10,000 for those sessions. I mean, you know, you could just work one day in the year and then give up. But uh, that was certainly the heyday, I think, of the fashion model. Uh, And now I think it's changed again. In the 70s, if you leaf through the glossies, like uh, you know Vogue and Harper's, you find that the model now has changed. But she's uh, very, very versatile. She looks completely when there's a whole uh, beauty or fashion feature on her. She looks completely different uh, on every page. The whole emphasis today in modelling seems to be on versatility on the part of, of the model. That, okay, it's taken for granted, she looks great. And uh, after that, she must be able to pull her, her face into any expression whatsoever and mould her body into any number of 100 shapes. And uh, that seems to be the thing today that modelling has become, you, you don't get static Uh, pictures there they're all full of action and uh, so it's it's really versatility I think today but playing down the personality bit that seems to have more or less fizzled out.
1: In Ireland modeling is centered predictably enough I suppose around Dublin with about 50 girls making it their full-time career. There are a few agencies in the provinces and they, combined with the Dublin agencies, employ about 200 part-time models. Two of the better-known professionals are Meraith Conlon and Geraldine Brand.
0: You could be the most beautiful girl and not have a clue about modeling. I mean, there's more to it, as I say, than walking up and down and looking pretty or looking beautiful. You have to have some kind of flair, be able to interpret the clothes that you're wearing it's really, in a way, like acting. You know, you can't walk into a room sort of socially with your arms in the air and swing around, but on the ramp you can do this and create some kind of an atmosphere, which, um, you know, if, if you're any way attractive, you can put this across. You know, you can do, make the best of your makeup and put your hair to suit the clothes you're wearing and sort of bring out a feeling and an atmosphere as you show the clothes.
1: Raith Conlon, you're now training models and you're a top model yourself. What would you say is the essence of a good model? What what does it take to be a good model? How would you pick model material, for example?
5: Well, when I'm choosing the models for a course, there's an interview first of all and the girls come in and as soon as they walk in the door you can almost tell whether they'll make it or not. Um usually I look for the you know, the usual things are the height and the figure. You know, if they've got, you know, reasonably a good figure and to be at least uh, five foot seven. After that we look for um, a girl that has a bit of life in her and is confident and um, as she walks into the room sort of is lively and um, rather than just walking in and standing there. Well after that they start their modeling course which entails walking and how to dress and they learn how to wear their hair um, they usually go to a hairdresser's and get their hair cut in a um, you know up-to-date style. They learn how to apply makeup and to know the difference between uh, photographic makeup and maybe how to wear makeup for fashion shows, which are completely different things. And um, they learn how to dress, how to go to interviews, and um, they spend weeks and weeks of just learning how to turn and how to show the clothes on the ramp. Um, at the end of their course, they, there's a reception and the advertising people come along to it, uh, photographers, and um, then the girls are finished, and after that they go around the agencies, bring around their
1: photographs. Getting started can be a critical period in a young model's life, for while an outstanding girl may reach the top very quickly, for the majority it can be a very difficult time indeed. Alice Kearns.
2: Well, when I started... Uh, I was lucky because I had a lot of jobs with advertising agencies who wanted a girl who wasn't too well known on the scene and then um, after that I found it very hard to work with photographers t- or to introduce myself around so I had to go to all the different advertising agencies which there's about 50 of them or more with my composite and try and get some work off them. But. Um, Really, the worst thing I found was that to set yourself on the modelling, you just have to spend every penny you have on jewellery and shoes and clothes. And um, that's really where I fell down, because I came from school into modelling, and I didn't really have that much that was in fashion. So uh, I did it full-time for six months, and then I went to work to try and do it part-time. Um but I found that very hard as well because it was so hard to get time off. Uh, but in that time I did work myself up with jewellery and shoes, not getting much modelling, but I did uh, sort of get the basis off it. And then I left my job about uh, five weeks ago and I'm back now. Uh, really when I started I always thought it was a very glamorous job, so uh, that's really what made me go into modelling, but I soon found that it wasn't all that glamorous. It's really very hard work. But the, the thing I like about it is now it's very interesting. You never really know what you're going to be doing. You know, uh, uh, doing furs in summer and bikinis in midwinter, or, you know, having to go down to the beach and do all different sorts of things. But um, you do a lot of travelling as well,
1: and I like that. It's really a very interesting job. But tough. Do you find the refusals tough? When you go around and you find doors being closed in your face all the time? I did at the beginning. I found it very hard. I really, you know,
2: I got so many refusals because I am so tall that um, some people just didn't want to know. I found it very hard, but you soon learn to grow tough against it, you know. You just accept it that, well, there's something wrong with you
1: that they don't like, but not to take it to heart. You know, you do get used to it. One of the most challenging aspects of a model's life is the constant round of interviews with the advertising agencies. When a job is being planned, depending on the particular requirement, a list of names is furnished by the model agency. Mike Crowley.
10: We would then in fact ask the models to come and visit us and we would have a casting session possibly within the agency or maybe other photographers. Um, a final list would then be selected maybe of two people. Um, Depending on, depending on the number of people required for the ad but if we were just talking about one person we'd sort of have maybe two people come to the final interview um, at that stage we might ask them in fact to bring along the particular clothes that we'd ask them to wear in the ad um, in a lot of cases um, we ask them to do this but but it's not often, it's not always the case um, at that stage, at that, that final interview we can tell them the, the timing involved exactly when we're going to do the photography um, what they require to bring along with them, the time they require to be there at. Um, and models, on the whole, are generally very good on this type of thing. They're very punctual um, and they're very thorough in, in their approach, very professional in their approach. Um, with some of the, the less experienced models, um, you'll find that a statement like that, criticising them in some way or another, um, tends not to go down terribly well and um, they tend to take it in the wrong way. Um, they feel that it's a, it's a personal insult, you know. Um, but in fact, it's meant well, the photographer means well when he says something like this. And it's, it's really to try and get the job uh, absolutely right. So, that basically is, is what happens.
5: Well when we go to an interview we bring along our photographs first of all with us but in London you can go along to the interview dressed in jeans or anything you like and the people just look at your photographs and they can see the work you've done but in Ireland it's different, you've almost got to go dressed for the part so if they want a very young girl or maybe a school girl you've nearly got to go along dressed w- in a gym slip and plaits to get the part <laughs> <laughs> or if they want something very sophisticated um, you've got to wear a fur coat <laughs> and, and all your makeup and a hat where you just can 't go along dressed, I often go to interviews and dress up for them and just change before I go go home again.
11: I mainly used to go for a lot of sort of fashion interviews, and i mean you you 'd come out feeling you 'd one arm longer than the other or one shoulder higher than the other, or your nose was on the wrong side of your face or something but um I mean one will meet this anyway i mean you 've got to sort of uh, have a little humiliation in this job I think that's very important i mean one never. Uh, reaches the stage where one thinks one is absolutely fantastic and can conquer all. It's a bit humiliating,
3: uh, everybody looking at your photographs and usually telling you they don't like them and things like that. But you get used to it. You don't, um, you don't get upset about anything, about losing interviews or anything. You just take it as it comes.
1: Maraith Conlon, Suzanne McDougald and Judy Hill. It is generally felt that one of the most important attributes in a fashion model is professionalism. But what exactly does this entail? Mary Finan.
8: Uh, The top girls, those girls we do, are good. But I find uh, that as far as uh, working with the models is concerned, there are two things I'm adamant about. And uh, one is punctuality. It's very important because you are perhaps uh, booking a photographer's studio by the hour and it costs you money. You may have a hairdresser on standby and a makeup artist on standby and they cost money, they charge by the hour, So punctuality is extremely important. And secondly, accessories. Uh, they should come armed with differ- a range of tights and different colors, a range of shoes, uh, jewelry, scarves, tops if they're doing slacks and, and jeans. Uh, and I would say that I'd fought quite a lot of them on that score, more so than the punctuality. I think it's drummed into them in the modelling schools, you know, be on time and, of course, money. There are a few who are late, and I mean, we simply never use them again. Uh, but the accessories, really, it's very few girls who are well-stocked accessory-wise. And then I suppose you can understand it, because obviously it's, it's a capital outlay, you know, to kind of put their case together and get all their accessories. And generally you find that it's as they become you know, there are any more money, they'll do this. But it certainly puts you off if you're in the middle of a photo session and, you know, you, you, you need shoes or earrings or something that, that the model should have with her and you've got to send out for them and it takes time. So I would say, uh, you know, as far as a professional approach is concerned, uh, that punctuality and accessories are the two important criteria. That's why it's such an expensive career, you've
5: got to buy... Um, accessories yourself, buy jewellery which isn't always you know, up to date jewellery it could be, um, you have to spend a lot of money on jewellery, you'd never even wear yourself like pearls and little uh, drop earrings and pearl earrings whereas you might prefer wearing jeans and um, beads and things like that you've got to buy um, um, accessories that must be up to date they must be the current years like if berries are in fashion you could spend about 8 or 10 pounds just buying hats and a berries and scarves yeah. Yeah, a selection of colours it's no use just bringing one or two colours that are all last year's. You've got to have everything um, th- and things that are currently fashionable. Same with sh- shoes. Platforms now are, have gone out of fashion as regards modelling, even though that, that was, was still... A, that was a big blow and
0: platforms went out, mm-hmm. because um, although they're still in the shops for the very um, classical clothes, people want the classical shoes, and you just have to buy them. I mean, people just don't understand when you're doing a fashion show that you have platforms and that they're not in fashion that you can't afford to buy you know the classical stuff you just have to go out and buy it
5: that's where our money goes <laughs> You've got to really spend the money in modelling that you make to make more money because if you don't spend the money and you just keep the same accessories year after year and season after season suddenly your work will just dwindle away and um, because often for advertising work you've got to bring a selection of trousers, a selection of blouses a selection of evening dresses you can't just arrive with one that's last year's colour, last year's style because they just won't want to use that because as you've noticed in magazines everything is up to date. There again you've got to keep cases full of old clothes
0: because you'll mm-hmm. suddenly find you've got a job where you've got to bring a mini skirt. This happened yeah. to me a couple of weeks ago and I
5: don't possess a mini skirt, so I had to go around looking to find somebody that still had one. That's yeah. the trouble, you've got to keep everything. I have used a lot of accessories for my mother, she's kept them from the nineteen forties and I've got lots of work last year with nets and hats and old flowers, old um, fox stoles, fur coats. So I just have an um, absolutely an enormous amount of clothes in my house. I have cases and trunks of clothes that I just don't know whether to throw them out or give them away because you never know when you're going to need hot pants for a job.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still have a pair of hot pants too. One aspect of this profession that sometimes comes in for criticism is the modelling course. It is at times alleged that girls who enrol for courses are deliberately misinformed about their chances of success fashion editor Noelle Campbell-Sharp.
12: Well, the first thing is that uh, she may be attracted by a poison and personality course and I think perhaps this is the catch, the bait that model agencies put out. Um, they uh, charge, I, I don't know what they charge now, but I remember it was something like 10 or 12 pounds for a poison personality course and then at the finish of that they uh, hear, I, I believe, that they um, tell just anybody that they're, they're suitable uh, to go ahead and do a modelling course, and of course, the minute that some vain little girl hears that um, you know she is fit to do a modelling course, she's offline flying and spends her 40 pounds or whatever it t- takes to um, uh, do the course, and then of course at the end of it, well, I mean, a model agency which has taken that sort of money, they uh, probably, if they're not responsible, they feel reluctant to tell the girl that um, you know it's a difficult profession if that's what you could call it in Ireland, because uh, it, the market is very, very small. And I think this is where it's unfair. Really, I don't think that model agencies should encourage, or we should allow them to encourage intelligent, pretty girls uh, in Ireland to uh, go into this profession, which can really only support such a few, su- such a, a small number of girls.
1: Grace O'Shaughnessy also has some comments to make on this subject.
4: Well, this what? is exactly what I feel. I feel that people who advertise their courses and, as modelling courses and say, come and do my course. The girls come along, pay their money, and they're quite sure, they are led to believe that they will then automatically become a model when they finish their month or six weeks or however long the course takes. And to me, this is being dishonest. This is sharp practice. You're taking people's money under false pretenses.
1: But for those who do make modelling their full-time career, how different are their lifestyles from those around them?
0: one thing about modeling the fact that you're dressing up all the time in your work when you do have time off and you're going out socially you just want to go into a pair of jeans as soon as you get home you want to take all the makeup off whereas a a girl in an office is going home thinking "Oh, I'm going to dress up now and get ready and put my makeup on whereas we're the opposite off it comes
5: you can't afford to go out very late at night if you're going to be working modeling the next morning because your looks will, will you know just decay overnight. If you arrive yeah. for the job the next morning and your ma- your makeup won't go on properly, so very few models stay out late at night. You know, I very rarely go out after twelve o'clock. A couple um, of nights
0: when I've had late nights, I've got in about two or three, and something unexpected has happened the next morning where I've got to work. You have to get up about an hour earlier to make sure and get your makeup on so that you look mm-hmm. healthy because. Late nights you just look tired and drawn and you can't, in a normal job you could go in anyway but for modelling you have to arrive looking as if you've had 12 hours sleep, you know, looking the part and it takes so much longer and if you've got a full day's photography feeling, you know, tired you just couldn't go through with it and it's noticeable then probably in the photographs unless you're very good at hiding it with the makeup. So we really can't afford to go out and a lot of late nights. I mean, it's mainly, we keep it for holiday times and things like that.
5: Well, there are seasons, like at this time of the year, um, from March until the beginning of June, it's a very busy season. And you could be doing photographs all day long, three or four different photographic sessions. You would just barely have enough time to change your makeup to do a, a fashion show that night. You may not even have time to eat all day. I've often gone through a whole day without eating. And, um you might spend about three weeks of doing that non-stop so you just don't have the time to go out at night and then um, after Christmas and in the summer there's hardly any work at all so you can afford to have a rest then It's just, just like last week I was in London and
0: when I came back people said did you have a great time? You must have had a fabulous time in London going to all the shows and everything and I just didn't I was working in Earl's Court from nine in the morning I had to travel from outside London which meant I had to be up before seven. From from nine o'clock in the morning until sometimes eight at night, you'd be just so exhausted from continuously trying on clothes, sometimes three hours at a time, just taking clothes off and putting them on and walking out, walking in, that you're just so exhausted you just can't go out, you know? You'd fall asleep if you did.
1: (laughs) Does that ruin your life and ruin your social life because of that? Is it easy, you know, to establish friendships and relationships? Well, since I've started modelling, I still have
0: the friends that I had before I started and that kind of thing. Um, it's quite hard to... You really have to have an understanding boyfriend, and if you haven't got one, it's very
5: hard to find one. <laughs> <That's about all. laughs> I'm very lucky. My husband's in the same business as I am, so um, if I'm working or if I don't come home till 12 o'clock, he understands that the show has run late. Same If he does a fashion show, he does commentaries on fashion shows,
1: It's very difficult to assess the amount of money a model can earn in this country. Obviously, a lot depends on how successful they are. Rates for photographic sessions, for example, work out at between £6 and £9 per hour, and a fashion show can bring in between £10 and £20 a night, depending on the distance travelled. While these rates may look good on paper, it must be remembered that, again, a lot depends on the flow of work. And then a model may have to wait weeks or even months for payment. Alice Kearns.
2: The money is very good, but the only disadvantage is that you might do a job in September, say, and you won't get paid until December. It's in that way you just cannot depend on the money for, you know, I live at home with my parents, so I'm all right. I don't have to worry about flat or rent, anything like that. So it doesn't really matter with me. But um, I think really before. It's best really to stay at home if you possibly can before you move to a flat and get settled in modelling first before you you make the plunge of living on your own.
1: Fashion modelling is an expensive business and worldwide economic recession, such as we're experiencing now, can of course erode opportunities in the field.
12: In fact, actually, I would venture to suggest that many of the model agencies um, are on the verge of bankruptcy, or any of them that are around. Many of them have gone that way, indeed. Um, and I think it's not necessarily their fault, because they have tried to uh, protect themselves in all sorts of ways. And one of the ways, of course, is to keep on getting new people and charging for modelling courses. Um, but quite apart from that, I think that um, often it's the clients of the model agency um, which um, are at fault. They don't pay their bills. They spend maybe up to nine months uh, clearing one account. And in the meantime, of course, the girls are knocking on the doors of model agencies saying, you know, well, I can't afford to continue living without any money. So um, what about an advance and so forth? And um, this is uh, generally pulling the whole thing apart. I don't see the market really. It it comes down to the market again. The market is just not big enough for uh, a number of model agencies. I think that... um, Perhaps one or two good model agencies, um, are possi- they possibly would get enough to live on. Uh, but it's, it's, um, it's rather foolish, I think, to continue um, providing uh, people for a market that just doesn't want them. It's a matter of supply and demand.
1: Fashion models have in recent times been concerned about protecting their interests. And to this end, they got together recently to form an association, Suzanne McDougald.
11: Well, basically it was to standardise fees, because um, what was happening was that the different agencies in town were charging different rates, um, which resulted in undercutting. And um, this is basically why we formed the association. And uh, now we're in the process of discussing terms of employment with the Institute of Advertising Practitioners to generally try and bring the whole thing on a more professional basis.
1: Are you concerned about um, standards of training models, for example? Would Um, that be one of your areas of concern? Yes, it
11: would, definitely, very definitely, because um, so many girls, you know, come out into the field without any sort of knowledge of what they're supposed to be doing or, or wearing or how they're supposed to look.
1: Mary Finan, from the advertising point of view, welcomes this move.
8: Uh, It has never really been, up to now, very highly organised, and I think this, you know, has been as unfair to the models as to the people who who need them, Uh, but I know that uh, they're getting together now, getting themselves organised and forming an association, and uh, this, of course, will mean a far uh, more professional approach. Uh, and will benefit them and us in that we will have a comeback you know if they do not uh, work up to the professional standards they set out and I would see for the future a far more professional approach, a far more better organized business, and consequently, I think that uh, the uh, trend at the moment, which seems to be that modeling is kind of open for any pretty girl that, you know, she just leaves school and if she's well enough off to keep herself for a couple of years till she gets some work, that she just, you know, passes into modelling. But I'd say that as the whole... business becomes more formal and, and better organized that you'll find a, a, a far better screening process and that unless the girls have the essentials for modeling, you know, the right height and, and uh, the right measurements and, and the right type of looks, uh, they just won't be able to get in. It will be as, as difficult as any other uh, profession for which you need qualifications and I think that's a good thing. That has already happened in the UK where they're all highly professional and even though it is so competitive Uh, and they have an awful lot of business. Apparently at the moment there are only 20 really top girls in the UK and um, you know who've actually made it because it is so difficult to make it over there and I think that will happen here too.
1: Meanwhile in times which are apparently less stable financially where can a young model go to gain the necessary experience? Grace O'Shaughnessy?
4: Many girls seem to think that after they've done one fashion show that this is it, they've arrived, and as we said earlier, you know, this is not so, they just have to have this feeling of humility, but manufacturing, working for manufacturers and wholesalers, showing to buyers, gives girls invaluable experience. They have to work, they get get practice in changing in and out of garments quickly, they get practice in dealing with people, showing clothes off, and I really feel that every girl, certainly all of the, any of the girls I have who come to me and I've worked with, I insist that they must do a good long stint at wholesale work. It's, it's so important for them. It gives them the feel of the garments and just just is that valuable, basic sort of groundwork that they need.
1: And for the model who has already reached the top, perhaps the most prestigious level she can achieve is to work for a couturier like Ib Jorgensen on his seasonal collections.
7: I generally use seven models in my collections. I find that with changing and um uh, one of the reasons is because my clothes are so expensive that they can't afford to be uh, taken off in a hurry, etc. But I use seven models in my collection. Um, I'm hard-pushed to find seven girls uh, to fill um, to fill uh, these places for the collection, but um, I generally use the same girls um, season in and season out, and we may add one new girl each season or... perhaps somebody marries and retires, etc. There's always a new face in a collection.
1: What does it entail, working on your collection? Does it involve a lot of preparation beforehand? Can you describe what it's like? Um,
7: Do you mean from my point of view? From 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 the the model's model's point of view. view? Well, uh, in fact, we start uh, making clothes uh, six weeks before the collection, but the fittings really only takes part in the last three weeks because we have our own house model, and she does most of the uh, uh, first and second fittings. But after that, we have models constantly in the last two weeks before a collection.
1: Do you find um, the Irish models satisfactory to work with? Do you very. find them professional?
7: Oh, very. Uh, I find the Irish girls um, as good as anywhere. And I have used uh, English girls in London when I have showed there to uh, buyers and to the press. And um, I, I can... Uh, Uh, quite safely say that the Irish girls are as good as as anywhere. The very top ones are as good as as anywhere.
6: Once again that old-fashioned look brought right up to date for a linen dress in an oatmeal color, natural weave linen here, beautifully styled with those romantic sleeves and the gathered bodice belt evolving from the plastron front and tying in a soft sash tie at the back
9: and again that's it once more come on that's it yes lovely that's good sue and again hand up sue come on yeah that's, that's it. lovely yeah and again come on La- laugh smile for goodness sake it's fun and again once more that's it and stay here i want to come around this